Let's go, Big Daddy. Looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling good, Lewis. Woke up this morning. It's sunny. Gotta check on my stocks. Gotta make me some money. I went into my app that's sitting on my phone. Got a lot of time because I'm stuck here at home. Buy, sell. What the hell? Because come four o'clock, I'm going to hear the bell. Gotta make me some paper so I can feel good. Big Daddy stock tips from the hood. I got the money. I got those pesos. I got those pesos right here. IPOs, dividends, and options. Get rid of that stock, man. It's flopping. Roll over Roth, 401k. Get ready to invest. Make some money today. Trade clothes. Make a deal. What stock looks good? Let's spin the wheel. More money, more money, more money. Let's get this going. This is going to be good. Yeah. Big Daddy stock tips from the hood. Show me the money. Big Daddy stock tips from the hood. Big Daddy stock tips from the hood. I'ma just keep getting paid. Big Daddy stock tips from the hood. Here we go. Looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling good, Lewis. I'ma just keep getting paid. Get those pokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm gonna do some eating tomorrow, that's for sure. I swam for the last couple of days. I didn't play any pickleball because it's getting cold outside, so I didn't have nowhere to go to play pickleball outside, but I just play on Sundays now, but that's all right. I'm getting old anyway. Welcome to the BST, Big Daddy, Stock Tips from the Hood. Your host, Marty Allen, back with you once again on Thanksgiving Eve. How you doing? Boy, I'm, I'm got to tell you, I'm wore out. God, I am wore out. Got a good show planned for you guys today and have a conversation with my buddy. I'll introduce him in just a second, but I'm tired. I can't wait for this show to be, not, not that I want to just like rush through the show and not perform for you guys. I'm not going to do that, but I'm saying I am ready to veg. Normally, if I was drinking, I've been sober now five years, but normally if I was drinking, I'd have me a big old, <laughs> a big old uh, a vodka. Okay, vodka with, uh, I, I can't even remember what the heck, of, what it's called now. It's been so long since I had a drink. It was a uh, honey whiskey. That's right, honey whiskey. Wild turkey, uh, a wild turkey. The day before Thanksgiving, American honey, wild turkey, American honey. And uh, normally I'd have me a big old glass of that today, but, I, but obviously I don't drink anymore. So I'm just looking forward to downtime. I've been, life has really picked up for me. See, this is what God has done for me since I'm not having sex anymore. It's been like five years, so. And you know me, you know how I was. I was a uh, recovering sex addict. I'm still am, but God has put me in a different direction now, a different focus. So now he's put me into the stock market as a day trader, but he's also made me an audiobook narrator. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. Uh, I'm, he's given me a new focus, so I don't think about not having any boot, you know. 
<laughs> anyway, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Let me bring in my guest is uh, uh, Benjamin Odessa. Tedessa, right, Benjamin? Tedessa. You know, gonna get, come up to the microphone just a little bit closer. Tedessa. Yeah, Benjamin Tedessa, who is, uh, now I met Benjamin uh, at uh, Carlita's place. Every, everybody who goes to Carlita's place, when you go to Carlita's, it's an experience. You don't go there just to get your nails done or your toes done. or You know, now Carlita has a bistro, and uh, she is, but the, if you know Carlita, you gravitate to her. You can't help it. For the first time you meet her, you start gravitating to her. And her and I have been friends for like 25 years now. And I was over there last week because I took a friend of mine over to Carlita to get her a Manny Petty and a, and a, uh, a brow. And uh, here comes this guy walking in. And first of all, now you know me, I'm straight as an arrow, okay? But I saw him and he, when he came in, the first thing I said to him, I said, I said man, you were gorgeous. And he looked at me and he laughed. And I said, now understand I'm straight, but I'm just saying, you're a good looking guy. You could be like in the movies or one of them reality shows or something. So how you doing? He said, hey, my name is Benjamin. I said, I'm not even doing anything. Anyway, we had a great conversation, sat down while my, the person that I took over for Manny and Petty for her birthday was getting uh, worked on by Carlita. And, Carlita. and Carlita's got a bistro as well. It's over in Rocky River. And uh, so people come in, it's just Carlita and her daughter and the people come in and they want, they want uh, lattes and, and, and uh, uh, smoothies and, and all kind of pastries and stuff that she makes on the bistro side, but she also has the spa side. But anyway, so me and Ben were sitting, we had a fantastic conversation. Then I asked him, I said, hey, Ben, hey, what do you do? He goes, well, right now I'm just kind of a, you know, day trader. I didn't trade a few stocks here. And I went, no way. That's what I do. And so then we started talking and then we got into conversations about uh, so much stuff. And uh, I said, hey, I do a financial show on Wednesdays, uh, noon to one. You want to be on the show? He goes, absolutely. So, okay, let's do it. Let's do it next Wednesday. So uh, once again, welcome in Benjamin Tedessa. And I'll get that last name right, Ben. That's right. That's right. That's right. I got it right, huh? That's good. I got it right. So the first thing we were talking about is, and I find it fascinating, Ben, you were telling me about uh, Apple and Google, and you said the, the letters AI, and then you said CRISPR. So we'll start here. You started talking about how Google and Apple are in bed together on this project of AI, and the, one of the companies that does the AI is CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R. So give me a little rewind of that. First of all, tell us about this, this venture that Google and Apple are in with AI and how it works and how it came about and all that good stuff. Ben. And by the way, Ben, as you can see, Ben met P Pickles is a very domestic cat. So when, when, when you walk in, Pickles don't run and hide. She just greets you right at the door and say, hi, who are you? She looks at him and she goes, hey, you're getting cute. And so now she's been up on his lap ever since because if you know anything about Pickles, she loves being petted and stroked and tail stroked and booty padded and all uh, face scratched and all that. So, She's been over at Ben's, and I told Ben, I said, Pickles likes to be stroked and padded and, and, and everything, but she does not like to be held or constricted. If you just let her lay there or sit there, she'll be there all day if you want to stroke her and pet her and give her, some, give her a mani-pedi. So anyway, go ahead and explain a little bit about what we were talking about uh, last week. Yeah, um, we were talking about different companies, and uh, I was explaining to you like why, where I like to put my long-term money in companies that are recognizing things that they're doing. Uh, initially, 
when you think about Google, right, people think about the search engine, right? Because they mm-hmm. control approximately 55% of the search engine market. Now, what Google is doing is that they are developing the most sophisticated AI that the world has ever seen. Now, when you say AI, what is that? AI stands for artificial intelligence. Got you. So, and some people, um, computer scientists too, they believe it's kind of a little bit of misnomer in terms of they review it as something that is an algorithm in which you're able to put things into and algorithms to make decisions. And just like with trading, you know, over 75% of all trades done on the market any given day are done by AI. They're not done by people. They're, okay. done, they're now, done by algorithms. Now, before you continue, is this what, let me, let me give you a scenario and then you tell me if this is what AI is involved in. I'll be on, I, I love two things. Number one, I'm an Amazon holic. I'm on Amazon all the time, buying stuff because I hate going to the store. They <laughs> deliver it right to my door. Like, you know, and it's cheaper. I don't have to deal with people. I ain't got to walk in with a mask. But even before the pandemic, I hated going into the store. So anyway, I would be on Amazon or my other favorite. I have a, uh, and I'll show you after the show, I have a Stacey Adams shoe fetish. So I have lots of Stacey Adams shoes. And one of the places I, other than Amazon that I love to shop is DSW, which is Dollar Shoe Warehouse. Right. So I'll be on, I'll be laying in bed and I'll be looking at Stacey Adams shoes and See something I might like, might not like, I may not buy. But then, after I was on Amazon or DSW or any other place, I go back to Facebook to kind of look at the news feed. And sure enough, an ad will pop up for DSW, Stacey Adams Shoes. And I was just over there. And I'm saying, how the hell do they know to put this on Facebook and an ad would pop up that says, DSW, Stacey Adams. And I'm going, wait a minute, I was just over there. How do they know? Is that what AI does or is it something different? That's um, a combination of um, what we're in right now. There's a good book, actually. It's, it's called The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. Mm-hmm. And that's the world that we live in now. We, all, we, we want all these things for free, a free search engine, a free social network. Um, and really what they're doing is they're selling our information. Yeah. And that's part of what happens. Yeah. When you search for something, there's someone that then pays to find out what you search for. and then they pay to have an advertisement placed on your page so that you look at, and Facebook's been doing that, I know for over 10, 15 years, they've been doing that since their inception because they had to determine, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Zuckerberg. No, you go, let's just go. Right. We got nothing but time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, when they were developing the social network, you know, they, they needed to find a way to monetize. And when you have something that doesn't cost anything to use, that you don't buy anything with it and doesn't produce anything, right? You're the product. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's true. Like same thing with Google, right? These places have to pay for their existence and this is how they do it. So um, that's part of the, the situation. So yes, they do use algorithms that are very specific in determining who you are. But the same thing is true of the last election that we had in 2016 in terms of, uh, we're not even just talking A-B testing. We're talking that these places that were interested in people's voting habits, right? We're able to bombard them with advertisements on Facebook and on these other things through utilizing algorithms, artificial intelligence to fine tune the message. So they know that if they hit a voter that was in Wisconsin or Michigan, one of these other states in those counties, um, with a very specific message, either, you know, what, what can we do to get this person to turn to vote Republican? Do we have to hit them with the immigration? Do we hit them with crime? 
We hit them with the economy, and they knew exactly which one they needed to use to get that to sway that person's vote. Wow, it's not illegal, mind you. Right, right. right. It is something though that we are influenced by. We're influenced by what we see. It causes us to shop more, to buy more, to vote in a particular way. So yeah, AI is everywhere. It's, it's everywhere, and it's growing. And that's why Google, if people are interested in investing, it's such an interesting company to invest in because now though they make they make oil company money. Right, we're talking billions, really? you know, billions of dollars in profit every quarter for Google. What? Yes, and well, I, I say oil company because you know Exxon Mobil had famously, you know, about ten, fifteen years ago, posted a record amount of profit in one year, which was like forty-six billion dollars in profit in one year. Um, and so now these companies like you know Amazon, Google, they're getting close to these things, and they're not anywhere near the top. Right? We reached peak oil back in the seventies. Right. Mm-hmm. And now Google, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be taking this AI. And part of that I was talking about before is they cut a deal with Apple to put their AI in their phones. And Apple is actually the number two company in terms of AI research. Google is so good and so far beyond everyone else that Apple's willing to give them billions for this AI. Wow. So, and every time you do a search in Google, you're making their AI smarter. That's how they're improving their AI. Because most people, uh, Google's got to be the number one by far of a search engine for people. Yeah, 65% of the market. Yeah. Right. So no one can catch Google, meaning that their AI is getting exponentially faster than everyone else. So that's why in a couple of years, like I would say about five years, Google's going to be making the mass amount of their profits from the installation of their AI and everything. It's going to be in our phones, our TVs, our cars, our refrigerators. It's going to be everywhere, and that that's next level stuff. So when you invest in Google, you're you're looking at probably quadrupling your money in about five years. Wow! Talking to uh, Benjamin Tedessa, uh, day trader, and uh, which piqued my interest so uh, really quickly when he told me he was day trading, and we started talking sitting there at the table at Carlita's place, and it was fascinating. So now, one of the things that I have done, uh, Ben, is I've told the audience since the beginning. I've been a huge Tesla fan. And I was told Jeff Tanchek, who's the meteorologist over at 19, he's a mm-hmm. contributing editor to the show, really good friend. He told me, watch out for that, uh, for the Tesla, Marty. Watch out, you know, I don't know about Tesla. I'm, I'm shaky. And then my uh, financial analyst who will be on at 1230 with us, okay. uh, Bart Slack, also said, man, watch out for that Tesla, you know, blah, blah, blah. And of course, now Tesla last week, they announced they're going into the S&P. Now they're up almost another hundred bucks yeah. a share. Yeah. Okay. So now you started telling me about, because you, you love reading. I understand your mom was a librarian or something she like was, that. Yeah. And wow. you love reading books. I read about 150 books a year. Really? Yeah. I read 187 last year. Wow. Now, now I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I, <laughs> I read my first book in probably five years. I think the last book I read was Joe Tate's book about his life in the NBA as an NBA play-by-play okay, announcer. Okay. Okay, and I knew Joe. That was the last book I read. So now I'm, do, I'm playing a character. Uh, now get this, Ben. I'm a, I'm a brother from the hood, okay? I'm playing a white SWAT sergeant retired from the Cleveland Police Department from New Jersey with an accent. Perfect. And I just did the introduction and, the, and chapter one yesterday. And then my audio mastering guy got it done, sent it over to the client, and he goes, I love it. That's perfect. So now that's what I'm going to do. But anyway, so I don't read a lot of books. And you read tons of books, and you started telling me about Elon Musk because I brought up Tesla to you. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the story of of how Elon Musk got to where he is today. You know, such a fascinating 
book. Um, if you read it, it, the book's called Elon Musk. And just at the beginning of it, I really enjoyed the time that the author took to talk about why he wanted to write this book, how difficult it was to get Elon Musk to sit down with him. And he finally called Musk and he got hold of him and goes, listen, bro, I'm writing this book one way or another. You can have your input or you can not, but I'm publishing this book. Yeah. And so Musk was like, okay, I'll sit down with you. And so he's like, I'll give you an hour. And so they, they get lunch together and the lunch goes over three hours of just Musk talking about everything he's trying to do. And finally, at the end of the you know, lunch, he stands up and he looks at the, the author and he goes, do you think I'm crazy? And Musk wants him to say yes. He, he wants his ideas to seem so out there that to the average person, he'll seem crazy. And we're talking about a guy that grew up, you know, middle class in South Africa, smart as they come, yeah, right? And he initially, when he was younger, the first company he worked on was the website. I think it was called X.com. He ended up selling that for about $20 million, right? Mm-hmm. And he's in his, you know, he's in his late 20s, $20 million. Right. Most of us are just, you know. I'd be in the Bahamas. Uh, thank you. Retired. Right? <laughs> thank you. So, <laughs> Hot girls in tiki right. skirts. I'm chasing yeah. around. You know? And, and he'd, he'd worked in finance for, for a bit, you know, but his, his background is actually in astrophysics. And um, he then uh, decided to start PayPal. But at the time, oh. yeah, at the time it wasn't called PayPal and him and Peter Thiel and some other people, because he saw opportunity from the financial companies that he'd worked for. And you'll see this a lot. People that have backgrounds in hard science decide, hey, you know what? I, I, I don't want to make $70,000 a year for the rest of my life. I want to cash in. Um, there's another good book. It's called um, Chaos Monkey, which is about a guy that did just the same thing. But it's uh-huh. more about the culture of the startups and so forth. But that's another, for another time. Yeah. So, um, so Musk then starts what will become PayPal with Peter Thiel. He then has an out with Thiel and other people in the group. And so he actually gets booted, but he gets to keep his shares. And he's like, fine, you guys want to go in another direction. That's not the direction I want to go into, but I'm okay with that. Right. And he's, he's fine with it. And then PayPal, as it's then becomes named, uh, sells to eBay, for like over a billion dollars. And, and Musk at this point, right. He then gets $180 million. From that deal for to, his to, shares to, to be uh, out. No, no, not to be out. Just when they sold. He, oh, he got already you. left. Got you. And but he kept his shares. Yeah. And that's how much his shares were worth once they once uh, PayPal sold. Right. And so now he's in his mid thirties. He's got a hundred and eighty million dollars. Again, most of us would be like, <laughs> I'm buying an island. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Right. That's I'm buying it. an island someplace. I'm, I'm done. He then took all that money and he doubled down in SpaceX yep. and Tesla. And the, this book goes over all the struggles that Tesla went through near bankruptcy. He legit got down to his last $2 million. This was all the money he had. And he'd already burned through half a billion dollars wow. of other people's money. Yeah. And he was personal friends with Sergey Brim, one of the founders of Google. Yeah. And Sergey Brim had already given him huge amounts of cash. And he's like, hey, Sergey, can you, can you, can you hit a brother up, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Sergey was like, no, bro, like, I'm cutting you off. And so, um, like, that concern, I, I, can't, I can't imagine having that much money and then coming so close to losing it all. They then got a bailout loan from the federal government, which they then in turn were able to turn around and pay back in less than a year. 
and that's what really saved Tesla because man, the problems they had the earlier, the the batteries catching on fire. I remember, know, and everybody was making fun of them. Yes, everybody was saying that it would never work. Yes. that people would never buy electric cars. Right. The gas you company know. would control them. The gas industry, mm-hmm. you know, oil industry. Well, you know, it harkened back to there's another good book. It's called This is gonna sound crazy. I read this book. Uh, it's called Internal Combustion. It's about the history of the internal combustion engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know initially back in the early 1900s all cars were electric and it, there was actually a cabal, really yeah uh-huh there was actually a cabal of battery producers who who were in cahoots with each other that refused to allow these batteries to be produced on a mass scale because they wanted to hold the control over all the batteries mm-hmm. and at this point you know the diesel engine had been created and car manufacturers like henry ford was like we're not going to you know bow down and scrape to you guys we'll slap an internal combustion engine into this thing and that's where they started switching from battery powered electric cars in the early 1900s to internal combustion uh, engines mm-hmm. so and we've made of course very little progress in terms of uh, efficiency there so excuse me the rise of the electric vehicle tesla um the issues with with developing um, a battery, and also too, you have to see too. We're, we're hitting this point in which lithium-ion batteries are getting better. We're going to see a jump off too in the production of these batteries once they're able to start mass producing what they call carbon nanotubes. Now, was this was this part of Battery Day that happened uh, a, a month or two ago? Because that's when I after the split, then they had Battery Day with yeah. Tesla, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, uh, and everybody thought that they were going to have this battery that would let a vehicle, electric vehicle, travel up to a million miles. They said mm-hmm. one of the reasons why people weren't buying electric cars because they couldn't, they felt like they couldn't go on vacation yes. because they couldn't find a charging station right. wherever they went on vacation in order to charge these mm-hmm. batteries back up. But then supposedly they were supposed to come out with a battery that went a million miles, pretty much meaning the life of your car. Right. But then they said, well, it won't be available though until about 2022. And that's because the stocks took a, 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 a dump and I got out, mm-hmm. and now I wish I was in because they about right. hundred dollars up right yeah, now. The 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 technology to develop uh, carbon nanotubes, which what these will be able to do is they'll be able to take a lithium lithium ion battery that we currently have in our phones and other things, and they'll be able to cut the weight in half, and then we allow it to carry ten times the amount of charge. Mm-hmm. Okay, so think about that. All of a sudden, the car that you have is weighs half as much yeah right yeah but you can go 10 times as far yeah right so that's a game change when it when they're able to do that yeah but they've been trying to do this for at least the last like i would say 10 years in terms of developing carbon nanotubes again nanotechnology is different and then we're this is going to sound like a weird phrase uh, gnr gnr refers to the development of technology and it stands for genetics nanotechnology and then robotics but when I say wow. robotics, I'm talking about molecular robotics, right? When they're able to construct a molecule that can act as a robot, that can enter into cells and things like that, and repair damage. That's, of course, far off in the future. We're still in the genetics phase of this technological development, and we're moving towards nanotechnology. We're, we're more and more efficient nanotechnology. You'll hear people talk about... Um, horrible the uh the coronavirus vaccine and how people are trying to put nanotechnology into this vaccine so that they can track people carlita actually showed me a video about this and i was like carlita this woman's an OBGYN. she doesn't know anything about <laughs> about nanotechnology uh, uh but that that nanotechnology doesn't doesn't exist right now 
right? That doesn't mean it won't be here in like five to 10 years, but right now they can't create something like that. So hopefully they'll be able to develop carbon nanotubes in the future within the next few years. And then you will see a massive explosion in um, electric cars, electric vehicles, electric trucks, electric buses, and all these. Now, that's fun- so much more efficient at that point. It's funny talking to Benjamin Tedessa, uh, day trader here on the BST. It's funny you say that because I just recently invested as a friend of mine, a uh, Chinese, uh, Chinese uh, real estate developer, told me about three stocks. And he said, this is uh, China's Tesla. And he told me three of them. And he said, he said, he said, Xping Incorporated, which is XPEV on the stock market. Mm-hmm. He told me about NEO, NIO on the stock market, NEO Auto or something like that. And then Lee, L-I, Lee Incorporated. And all three of these are basically electric car companies uh, servicing China. And China is so many more people than it is in the United States. And you go, and, and so what I did was I invested. And I think they're locked down a little bit uh, today and, and yesterday were down a little bit. But on Monday, uh, I believe XPEV, XPing Incorporated was up uh, almost $19 a share. And the other two were up about 5 and $6 a share. So remember, people, I always tell you, I never tell you what stocks to buy. I only tell you what stocks are interesting and attractive and sometimes delicious to me. And when I heard about these and I said, ooh, electric cars in China. Okay, now I'm interested. Before we get to Bart Slack, who's coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour, once again, talking to Benjamin Tedessa, tell me how CRISPR uh, is related to the AI with the Apple and Google. CRISPR is- That's the first time I've ever heard of it. You mentioned it. Yeah, CRISPR is a separate company, actually. We were talking about that in, in terms of things I like to invest in. I read a book about CRISPR a little while ago. CRISPR is actually- refers to the company that developed a technology that allows for direct and very specific gene editing. Mm. And they, this technology is going to be technology that's going to be used in everything in terms of uh, biologically speaking, just like this vaccine, right? The, how do they introduce something into a vaccine that's going to be able to change the way people function? Um, also, they could enter, some of this stuff may sound a little, bizarre but what you can do with these things is you can let's say for example you wanted to change someone's eye color right yeah this would this technology will allow people to do it on a genetic level because they could insert genes and chromosomes into other genes wow It, it, it sounds like next level stuff but when you read about how they were able to develop and discover this bacteria that could it's like they describe it like you're using a pair of scissors yeah to cut and clip exactly where you want to and then insert whatever you want to into it. That's what CRISPR does. Now, now, do you think it's far-fetched to say, let's say a couple has a child and they want to make a twin out of that child after they've had that child. When that child can be, you know, three, four, five years old, they go, mm-hmm. you know what, this was great. We want to make another one just like this. With, is technology going to be able to do that in the yeah, future? Yeah, I mean, we're here now for that, actually. I mean, you can, wow. if you want, if Pickles, like, went through some stuff, Right? Yeah, and then something. If you sample her DNA, you can clone. We have that technology. Wow! You know, we're they're working on technology now that allows people. This is gonna sound a little strange too. <laughs> um, you can clone your organ in a pig. So yeah. what will happen is, is they'll grow a pig and they'll actually inject the pig with particular genes that are your genes, so that the pig will develop lungs that are your lungs, 
a heart that is your heart, a spleen, and all these other things. And, and in pigs, because their organs are closely the equivalent of the size of a human organ, so they would be able to then harvest those organs from your pig that is essentially you, and then replace. Them. Yeah, because my uh, business partner Bill Bender has a uh, and Joe Tate uh, from the Cavaliers, uh, both got a, a pig's pig valves. Yeah, pig valves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, my, my buddy had one, and I remember him saying that to me. He goes, yeah, pigs are like the closest thing to people or something like that. In terms of organ size. Yeah. In t- terms of organ size, which mm-hmm. is absolutely fantastic. Talking with Benjamin Tedessa, uh, day trader here on the BST. Let me tell you, before we get to Bart's Slack, let me tell you about Goldberry Roasting Company. Now, I was going to give Ben some, but uh, when he got here, we had to eat. I was going to tease him and call him Carlita when he walked in. But uh, And then there was a, there was a Carlita association because Carlina was the one that held him up <laughs> to get here but I was going to give him a uh, a cup of Goldberry Roasting Company coffee and I made the Kenya AA especially just for you because it's one of my favorites from Goldberry Roasting Company Kenya AA and of course Brazil is my absolute favorite Goldberry Roasting Company go to the website right now goldberryroasting.com goldberryroasting.com and I put it in your uh, coupon code Goldberry BST, go a lot of people have been doing it by the way. Goldberry BST for Big Daddy Stock Tips, and you get 10% off your order. And of course, they can ship it. And if you're, I think, within a certain mile, I don't know if it's 10, 15, whatever, they can actually deliver it right to you. Personally, it is the best. My main man, Pete Cooper, over there, Pete at goldberryroasting.com. Pete at goldberryroasting.com. Got so many flavors, got so many different blends. It is absolutely fantastic coffee, and I'm having it right now. And when I'm done with the show, I'm going to have another one. Probably going to go up to KFC and get me a piece of fried chicken. And, and, and then I'm probably going to just uh, uh, starve myself until tomorrow because I'm going to do some serious eating tomorrow. <laughs> That's for sure. I'm going over to my brother's. And if you remember last week, and, 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 and by the way, I want to apologize to you guys about last week. I was so emotional because I had a near-death experience. If you have a near-death experience about the tree that fell on my brother's house last Sunday, you got, a, well, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before that, you would be a little bit emotional too. So I got people were like, Marty, you should write a book. You like emotional. Well, if you have a tree almost fall on you and kill you, and you're here to survive to talk about it, you would be emotional too. Anyway, go Perry Roast. I apologize for being so emotional last week, but it was something I had to just get off my chest because I was just thanking the Lord for letting me see another day, letting me see a hopefully, uh, God willing, if I wake up tomorrow morning and, and uh, I wake up and open my eyes and see another beautiful day, it'll be Thanksgiving. It'll be my 60th Thanksgiving. And I'm going to my brother. So the food that he was going to prepare for my sister-in-law's birthday party the previous Sunday, he's going to do some of that today because a lot of that he didn't even take out the freezer. So that's where I'm going tomorrow. And I'll be blessed with that. But I'll be taking Goldberry Roasting Company coffee. I take a little Ziploc bag. I put the coffee in there. I take it over there, put it in his pot, roast it up. Goldberry Roasting Company, I got to tell you, it's some damn good coffee. All right, be waiting on Bart Slack to be calling us in just a minute. Real quick. You mentioned, uh, and it's funny because I was going to ask you, uh, Benjamin Tedessa, about who was the head of Google. I knew Steve Jobs from Apple. I knew Elon Musk from Tesla. I knew uh, Zuckerberg from Facebook. And I knew, uh, I said Jobs already from Apple. But I didn't know, uh, and I didn't research it because I said, I know Ben's going to know. So I'm just going to ask him, you know. You mentioned Sergey. Do you know how he, how he 
got started with Google and elevated yeah. it up? Um, Sergey Brim and Larry Page are the two founders of Google. And they actually, oddly enough, started it in Sergey Brim's sister-in-law's garage. Wow. Um, and they were uh, attempting to develop a system in which they could make every bit of information ever accessible online. You know, they, they believed in the free-flowing of information, and they've, they've kind of like butted heads with certain organizations in terms of authors and publishers and so forth, because they feel like, well, no, this should just be available online. And, you know, the authors and publishers of different works and stuff were like, well, no, this stuff is copyrighted. You just can't put everything online that you want to. And so it's this struggle for information. Um, there's an uh, idea behind Google um, that where they feel as though that this is something that they have a right to. That, that everyone has the right to every bit of information in the world. It can't be something that should be kept from people. Um, uh, you know, my mother being a librarian, of course, she's also of this mindset that information should be free. Information should be available. People should not be charged for the knowledge of the world. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a competing theory. Um, but at Google, you know, uh, they, this is an interesting thing, too. I know if you're familiar with uh, 23andMe.com. It's a website that you can use to test your DNA. Wow. So I had mine tested. My, my stepdad, who has Parkinson's, had his tested for three years ago. Um, I think when I got How do you get the sample to me? Like, mail it in? Or? Yeah, what happens is you go, you can, this is actually pretty, it's like one of the top sellers on Amazon around this time of year because they have a special on the kit. It's used, I think last year it was actually num- the number one thing sold on Amazon Prime Day, like on their Black Friday, was this kit. Huh. And you order the kit, and you, they send it out to you, you spit into a tube, it collects your, your saliva, shake it up, you mail it back to them, and then within a month or so they, they give you your genetic profile. You can also have your health tested as well as your ancestry. Now the reason that they actually started doing this, because Sergey Brim, um, one of the founders, and he's actually a little younger than I am, he's in his mid-40s, um, he has the gene marker for Parkinson's. Okay. Mm. Now, what Google is really trying to do with this, um, in addition to providing, I think, a very interesting service, is that he's trying to find the cure to Parkinson's. Right. And in, in a sense, the cure to all diseases. And there's an uh, interesting book. It's called The End of Illness by John Agus, a medical doctor. It, it talks about this concept, too. Is that Sergey Brim, though he doesn't exhibit Parkinson's now, he has the gene marker for it, which means there's a 50% chance he will develop Parkinson's. Now, my stepdad, who has the same gene marker, who has Parkinson's, um, or represents or presents it as with having Parkinson's, he had the same gene marker when he was 21, but he didn't have Parkinson's, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Something happened between the age of being a young man and 21 and being 55 when he got his first diagnosis, in which that gene got dialed up. Right now, we know that proteins are the gatekeepers for our genes, and so the presence or absence of particular proteins are what cause that gene to dial up. Now, by the collection of of everyone's possible genome, and the more people he gets, the more accurate this becomes, is that he can find what those proteins are, and if he can find what those proteins are, he can keep himself from ever getting hurt. Wow. In addition to wow. any other disease that is caused genetically that causes, that turns on later in life, or maybe that you even born turned on, if you can figure out how to turn that gene off, right, that's also a cure for cancer. That's a cure for every kind of disease we can think of. That's, the, that's one of the main ones right. that I uh, think of and I keep saying, and I, I lost a sister uh, to pancreatic cancer. 
And I said to myself, and I lost good friends, close friends. Uh, Casey Coleman and I were really, really best friends, formerly formerly a a sports anchor over at uh, uh, Fox 8. But I said to myself, if they can find a cure for cancer. Now, there's people that have come out and said uh, that that there already is a cure for cancer, but the medical industry doesn't want it to come out, you know, know, and that kind of thing. I I hear people saying that, and this is one of the things. um, We know Steve Jobs, right? You mentioned Steve Jobs earlier. Okay, Steve Jobs died of cancer. Yes, he did. That guy had billions. Yeah. Billions. Yeah. Okay. If there was a cure for cancer, Steve Jobs could have bought it. That's true. Right? That's true. That's, that's a very good point. That's what we have to remember. And, and you couldn't ask for someone who was more connected. That dude could walk into the White House, right? And so if you're telling me that that guy couldn't get access to the cure for cancer, there is no cure for cancer, right? And to be fair, though, too, there are different methods that are treated for cancer. Um, in the United States, you know, where there are legally only three ways you can treat cancer, surgery, chemo, radiation. My, my sister has cancer right now. She's going through a round of chemo. Yeah. Um, there are other methods that people use naturally to try to combat cancer, and some of them are more, more and less effective depending on what stage the person is in, what kind of cancer it is, um, like Lance Armstrong, for example, right? Yeah. There's a good book. It's called The Emperor of All Maladies, actually. It's a very interesting book about cancer. Also, The Death of Cancer by Dr. Vincent DeVita is an amazing book about cancer. Um, but Lance Armstrong, you know, had testicular cancer, and this is part of what The Emperor of All Maladies talks about, is that we start to identify cancer not by the type of cancer it is but in the location it happens to present itself in the body right and that's typically not the best the best way to identify cancer because you can have a particular kind of cancer that's in another part of the body so um lance armstrong was doing the research and he found out his testicular cancer was a cancer not typically found in the testicles but in other parts of the body it responded very well to heavy metal treatment you know a kind of treatment in which they use heavy metals to um, try to, to put the cancer into remission. And so he went to his oncologist and said, hey, I want to try this. And then the oncologist was like, no, that's not going to work. And he's like, you just gave me a 50% chance to live with the treatment that I'm getting now. I'm willing to try anything. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he ventured off to do this on his own. And sure enough, it was able to put his cancer into remission. Famously. I'm not, of course, a huge, um, even though I'm wearing my Texas gear, I'm not a huge Lance Armstrong fan. But is that because he cheated or? Yeah, he's a, he's a cheater and he's a psychopath. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And in terms of when um, Floyd Landis, you know, famously yeah. called him out for cheating. Yeah. Lance Armstrong, it, it, for example, this is how I knew Lance Armstrong was cheating when this happened. is because when Floyd Landis called him out for cheating, he didn't just kind of brush it off like, well, you know what? Because if, if he wasn't cheating, he would have responded with the, well, you know what? I could see why he may think that. Right. But you know what? Sometimes you get to the top of your profession and people get jealous, you know, and I got to tell you, I work hard. You know, I've been doing this my whole life. It's something I take a great deal of pride in. I take care of my body. But I, un- I understand the jealousy. I understand, you know, when you're in this position, people are going to try to bring you down. That's not what Lance Armstrong did. Once Floyd Landis accused him of that, he then destroyed that dude's life. He went after his sponsors. He ruined his family. He, wow. he put that dude out. Right. If, if it wasn't true, what Floyd Landis was saying, why would you go out and, and, and literally destroy this guy's life? Right? Yeah, yeah. If you weren't doing anything, that shows malicious intent. And in someone who's like that, who's someone who's willing to destroy someone's life so that they, so his kids can't eat anymore. Right? No, that, that's a cold dude. And that's when I was like, Oh, he is cheap. Wow. Definitely. Right. He's cheap. 
talking to Ben Tedessa. Now, okay, so getting back to Sergey. So now Sergey had this uh, uh, 50% chance to get cancer, but he no, didn't. Uh, Sergey Brim had, uh, has the gene marker for Parkinson's. Uh, Parkinson's, so that's right. So he had a 50% chance of developing Parkinson's. So that's why they sent out or they developed 23andMe.com to collect people's um, genetic information so that then they can use the power of Google, the computing power of Google, which, mind you, is more than most countries have, right? And Sergey Brim is worth over $25 billion. Um, right yeah so if anyone is it going to be able to find a cure for, for parkinson and of course the michael j fox foundation is an amazing foundation right but sergey brim has this advantage of the computing power the money and also too now this tool to collect people's information to then compare it to people so what he's going to do is compare people who have the gene for parkinson who, who do not present it and the people like my stepdad who have the gene and are present parkinson and they're comparing their gene What's going on with these people? And then they bring them in for testing. Hey, we want to find out what kind of proteins you guys have in your body. How can we, you know, simulate this protein so that we can bring the chance of, of developing the Parkinson's gene to zero? Now, what about, now, why is uh, Google called Alphabet? Well, Google switched to Alphabet because they were uh, seeking to separate their different ventures. And 23andMe.com is one of those ventures, right? Got you. Where Got you. they then created this umbrella company, Alphabet. And so then now they can show, okay, well, Google search is bringing in this much money. 23andMe is bringing in this much money. Uh, the cloud services are bringing in this much money. And so they're able to separate, separate out the, the different phases so each company um, can be based more on its own merits rather than all pulling them together. That's why they're separate. Got you. Hold on. Let me see if this is my man, Bart Slack. Hi, is this Bart Slack? Yes, sir. What do you want, female time? What the hell is going on with you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Did you get my text? No, I was doing a no. show. How the hell did I get your text? No, I sent you a text before you even went on the air. Oh, what did you say? That I was going to be late. Oh, got you. Okay, not a problem. How are you? And, and first of all, happy holidays to you and your family. For Thanksgiving. Where are you going for Thanksgiving, by the way? Well, every, uh, every place we uh, usually have Thanksgiving, everybody kind of cancels. You know, my, our family would go over to my brother and sister-in-laws, and uh, they, would, they would usually cook a a big dinner and have a bunch of people over and everybody's kind of decided not to do anything. Wow. So you're just going to stay home. I'm going to stay home. My sisters will probably come over for dinner. It'll just be a, you know, a handful of, of us. And, uh, there's going to be no big family gathering, but I'm saying are you, you're making dinner or they're just going to bring you some food over. Oh, I'm making. Oh, see, that's, that's I'm, why I love I'm cooking you, a little turkey breast. That's why I love you, man. That's, that's yeah. when I would, when I was, uh, just cooking for me, that's the same thing I would do. I'd just get me a fresh turkey breast. I'd get me a stove top. I'd, I'd put my own little Big Daddy seasonings in it. I'd make my uh, Big Daddy gravy, which is legendary, and some, and some dinner rolls, and it was some good eating, man, and I had a good time, you know? Well, I think, you know, you're, you're the guy that t turned me on to that uh, turkey breast thing. I never knew you could just buy uh, just a little turkey breast until I talked to you about it a number of years ago. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's perfect for the guy with the bachelor lifestyle, or lady with the bachelor lifestyle, you know? I, uh, well, you know, you know what I do. See, I'm not sure how you cook it, but I put it in. You know, I've had a crock pot for a number of years. That yeah. thing's awesome. Yeah, it is. You, yeah, low and slow. Feet, you put it in the in the crock pot. Yeah, low and slow. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a sound. I'm gonna play you some sound, and and I'm gonna ask you to guess what is this for. What do you What do you think that's for, Bartlack? Is that a train? Yes, the choo-choo train. 
Is it the Trump train leaving? No, well, that could be one of them, but no. <laughs> it would be uh, it would be the Tesla train starting back up say, again. That's the other thing I was going to say, the Tesla train. Oh, my God, because last week when we talked, you said, Marty, you know what? I'm gonna, it was at that time it was around four fifty-five. And you said I said, Bart, what would it take for you to get on the Tesla train? And you said, Well, you know, if it gets over five hundred, then I may have to look into buying it. And then yeah. as of as of uh, the last I checked, it was like at five sixty three. Five sixty? Five sixty three. It did like about thirty three dollars and change yesterday. It was up another seven eight uh, today it's already did a 55 one day 57 i think one day so it's already over and i and i'm crying right now bart because as yeah. you know i took a lot of my money i took a lot of my winnings money out of tesla and of course uh, put it down on my condo so i can get it paid off next year and now i'm hurting because you know how much i like tesla and you see how crazy it's getting now it's a 565 and it's starting yeah yeah uh, but it, it moved up. It moved up high fast. I yes. Mean, it's kind of like, you know, you probably could have put, you know, I, I put, I should have put a limit order in that said, you know, if it hits five hundred, buy it. Yeah. Something like that. You know. Yes. Could have done that. Yes, but right now, my like I said, my my capital of spending on the stock market is very low, so I don't, I didn't want to spend, uh, you know, four hundred fifty bucks a share on something. I went with something a little cheaper. I went with the Chinese electric companies. Uh. uh uh, electric car companies, XPAV, oh, Neo. Yeah, I know. Don't remind me, you son of a bitch. I know uh, that. Listen, uh, I'll give you some advice. <laughs> my, my personal, my personal advice. I never buy anything that's headquartered in China. I just, even though some of the stuff is the hottest things and Tell they, me. they go crazy, I don't believe anything that comes out of China. They may be monkeying around with all their financials and all their numbers, and I don't. I, I wouldn't buy anything out of China. Wow, I'm glad. See, that's one of the reasons why I have you on Bart's. Now that's just that's just my uh, preference. But you know, China is notorious for lying and stealing. And and I I wouldn't trust a piece of financial statements that came out of a Chinese company. Now, if they're traded on an American exchange, like the New York Stock Exchange or the Nasdaq or whatever, they're required to to make certain disclosures and be in line with the with the way the U.S. Uh, federal regulatory agencies want them. But I still think they're lying and cheating. All right, now before we continue, uh, because uh, the Chinese are kind of in bed with the Dan Gilbert and the Cleveland Cavaliers, so. The, experience, the opinions expressed by Barkslack does not necessarily reflect those of the Marty Allen Show, Big Daddy Productions, Marty Allen, or any of its sponsors. Okay, go ahead. I, I think I'm done now. <laughs> I don't say anything. Uh, well, uh, again, now, the other thing is, uh, now that we've talked about Tesla and China, I love China, uh, The uh, if you see the other train that is rolling just a little bit okay is finally my cgc train uh i was gonna say the the, the pot stocks were, the, yes. were moving uh and i saw that now that there seems to be some uh you know a good sense that uh, that, that trump Biden is given up going to be yes the yes. president yes and that they maybe have a more relaxed uh view towards pot stocks I saw a lot of them. Yes. A lot of them took off yesterday. As soon as they said that the uh, the Trump administration was giving their blessing to the transition with the Biden yeah. administration, all of a sudden CGC started moving again. 
And I said, okay, so now I got, so you know how I've been with CGC the whole time. So finally I said, okay. So I didn't go crazy. I only bought like uh-huh. about, about 15 shares of CGC because it's still kind of very affordable, around 25, 26 bucks a share. So I bought about 15 shares. I said, I want to get in on that because I'm already missing out on Tesla. And so my other favorite since the beginning of me doing this show and everything, and one of the first stocks I bought when I got into day trading was CGC. So oh, I, no. I finally said, okay, let me get back in bed with them. 15 shares. Let me just see where they go. I'm not going to lose my shirt if they go down uh, a lot, but I don't see, at this point, I only see uptrends going to CGC. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, see, you know, the thing is about these pot stocks, a lot of it, a lot of it is hype. It's emotion. I mean, you know, it, they, they shot up like crazy yesterday based on, you know, just because it seems like, uh, okay, Biden is going to be the president and uh, it may uh, be softening uh their stance on pot stocks, but you know when you delve deeper into it, and you and I talked about. This. In fact, you told me about this. Yeah, that that CGC is a Canadian company. Yes, and and they have there's there's barriers of entry to come into the U.S. Yeah, and they and and if I remember what you told me, they still can't CGC can't sell in the U.S. Is that right? Yes, from from what I understand, uh, uh, Benjamin, you can jump in again. My my guest, uh, uh, Benjamin uh, Tedessa, is with me again. From what I understand, CGC can't sell marijuana, but they can sell CBD. Right. I, Benjamin. Yeah, I, I, I'm in with Grow Generation, which is based out of Denver. Mm-hmm. So that's why, yeah, I stayed away from Canopy for that reason, because I wanted a U.S. company that's going to get the bump for it. Just as we were talking about, you know, the uh, Biden administration, their position. Um, and also, too, you have to look at what's going on in Colorado with the state coffers. You know, it, they're overflowing with money. So much money they're making. Right. And with this pandemic, lockdown, economic crisis that we have right now, these states are going to be looking to try to fill those coffers any way they can. They see a state like Colorado, more money to spend, right? Other states are going to follow suit because out of necessity. Yeah. Right? Not because the people really like love marijuana, but out of necessity. Same thing is true of sports betting. Like I have DraftKings. I don't know if you like DraftKings. Yes, yes. A buddy of mine uh, sold uh, to DraftKings, his website to DraftKings. Right, right. We talked about like, yes, the same thing is true of sports betting. These states are going to look to try to find a way to make up this ground loss. We're talking about 20% of small businesses are not going to open it. Yeah. 20%. Because of the pandemic. A lot of people are out of work. So, so there's a lot of, a lot of state tax money and local tax money. So therefore, that's why I'm hoping that Ohio will get on the train. Yeah. Of, and of and and pass recreational yeah. as well as they have medicinal right, right now, yeah. Bart. Go ahead, Bart. Ohio is so, you know, this state is so backward. You know, they we were we were like the last uh, to jump on the casino, casino. bandwagon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, and and there there were states, there were states like like your 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 guests said that uh, you know that are hot now with the marijuana uh, uh, marijuana taxes and that stuff is flowing into government coffers. Uh, when casino gambling started, I mean, when states first started to legalize that, boy, they were hot. I mean, they were making tons of money on these and these casinos. And Ohio sitting there doing nothing. Voinovich was like, you know, he's you know like this uh, uh, priest governor saying we're not going to have gambling, and he put the kibosh on that whole thing for a long time. In the meantime, when we finally got it, it was no, it was like everybody had it. It was we got no extra revenue from that. We were trying to keep up with the with the, with the other states now, and I think I think uh, the, the same thing is going to happen with this pot. Ohio's going to be late. Yep, yep, and, and, and you know what else is going to happen? 
<laughs> when they do legalize it, they're going to want 600 bucks for an ounce of weed. Trust me. And, and especially if, if the weed is even any, any if, if halfway any good. Now, I ain't smoked weed in over 30 years, 35 years, but I, ain't, I wouldn't pay 600 bucks for an ounce of weed. And that's what Ohio is. They're going to say, okay, these people want legalized weed, uh, recreational weed. Let's charge them out the rear end. And that's exactly what they're going to do. Watch. You, well, and here's another example of the way Ohio does just exactly what you're saying. And it's in alcohol sales. Yep. I mean, if you ever go to Florida, I could buy a bottle of champagne uh, for 30 bucks in, in Florida. The same bottle of champagne costs $65 in Ohio. Ooh. I mean, and that's basically tax differential. I mean, they just tax the crap out of stuff. And the same, you're right. They do it with booze, and they're going to do it with pot. You're going to have to go out of state to get a good deal on pot, which you do anyway. Yeah, right, right. That's, that's, <laughs> I wish. You know? <laughs> we know people that do, but oh, yeah, I you wish. You get that disclaimer. This is uh, you know, the, uh, the opinions on the Marty <laughs> Allen show. <laughs> does not, it has that's nothing it. to do with China or uh, basketball. Right. I want my boss, Dave Dabrowski, to know that I have not traveled anywhere out of state to buy anything. Okay. <laughs> for a long time uh, Bart Slack it's always such a pleasure I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the new year brings when the new administration comes in because of course Kamala Harris uh, vice president has said uh, president elect has said that uh, the uh, their administration will decriminalize marijuana cannabis on the yeah. federal level and if that happens then that's when I'm going to really load up on pot stocks and banking stocks because that's now banks can finally start doing business with the cannabis industry and there is a lot of money. Like Ben said, there's a lot of money being made with cannabis and I don't understand why people like DeWine and others don't look at Colorado and say, look at how much money. They can't count the money fast enough in Colorado. We should be doing that here and hopefully they will start to get on the train and start to making this legal. But you know what? Uh, like, like you said, uh, you know, DeWine's like Voinovich. These guys are old school, yep. Bible-thumping guys. Come on, they're going to yep. delay this. And even it, when it does pass, they're going to tax the crap out of it. And it's just going to be very expensive. You know, oh, and speaking of the new year. Yeah. One thing you got to watch is that is those, those Senate races in Georgia. Oh, that's I right. Mean, the two runoffs. Yeah, right. Those runoffs. If they go Republican, things will be okay. If they go Democrat, you, you, the technology stocks, the big techs, they're going to get killed because the move is going to be on For the to break those suit. companies up. Yeah, with the antitrust suit. But if yep. they, so, so right now we're looking for, for, for things that I'm interested in. We're looking for the Republicans to, con, to keep those two seats. Yes. Okay, and if they I, don't... I, 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 if they go Democrat, then the Democrats are going to be in charge of everything. Yeah, and they're going to they're going to break up big tech, uh, and then you're going to see taxes come in. You can forget the break on capital gains, uh, and, and I, I just that that's going to be troubling. Keep an eye on those. And those state those runoffs are sometime in January, so that's that's what we got to watch. Right, Bart Slack, financial analyst, okay. my friend. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving. All right, and we'll talk God to you bless. next week. All right, All right. Bye-bye. bye bye. Wow, fantastic information. You know, just uh, to add a little bit about what he was saying with the lawsuits that are going forward with Google, um, I read an interesting article that was talking about that. And, of course, I'm old enough to remember when Microsoft was due for antitrust. Yeah, yeah. Now, in comparison to those two, because, of course, Microsoft, which, of course, is doing really well this year, um, and Google, they're both big tech companies, but there is a 
substantial difference between the burden of proof that the Justice Department has to make against Google and what they had to do against Microsoft, right? Because what was going on with Microsoft is they were, of course, gobbling up competitors, right? But they were then saying to people, well, you know, if you just want a different operating system, just go get a different operating system. But there's a burden then upon the consumer to go out to physically get another operating system and then install it on their computer, right? Right, right. With Google, right, you just go to another web page, right? Uh So the Justice Department is going to have to try to prove that just going to another web page is not a choice, that it's, it's too much of a burden to go to a different search engine. They're not going to meet that burden. Wow. They can sue Google all they want, but under no court are they ever going to say, okay, well, you've obviously can't go from one web page to another web page very easily. That's literally the easiest thing to do, wow. right? They're just whatever reason, because we were talking about they control 65% of the search engine market, but that's different than when you're installing an operating system on 95% of personal computers, which is what Microsoft was doing. Right, right. Part of the deal was you're selling this computer, it has Windows on it. Yes, yeah. There is no system in play in which you have a computer or a phone in which Google is the only search engine that you you have on there. Right, right. That doesn't exist. So they're not going to win that lawsuit. So this it's actually a good thing. Like when I saw that they were suing Google, I'm like, good, I'm buying more Google. Right, because it'll take a little bit of a hit. Because whenever the Fed says they're doing something, people are going to have a knee-jerk reaction. But when you look at the case that they're trying to build against Google, they'll never win. They'll never win that case. Talking to Benjamin Tedes has been fantastic. Now, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about you. So, when did you? What were you doing before you became a day trader? And when? What made you uh, gravitate towards uh, day trading? You know, I, you know, I got my real estate license some years ago. Um, I gotta say, I did not enjoy it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, uh, you know, a different line of work and people are very focused, but I remember when I was out one time and I was talking about, uh, like, as I always do, I talk about books with people and the guy's like, you know what, you, you read a lot of books. You should probably do something with that. Mm. <laughs> I was kind of, mm. I'm kind of like, what? Like what doing something with books? Like books are meant to be read. You know, my mom <laughs> being a librarian, there is no other, there's no end game, right? right? It's just, right. you read books. Um, but I read this really good book. Uh, I would recommend it for you. It's very, very good. It's okay. called. The Hour Between Dog and Wolf. Wow. And it's written by John Coates, who is a neuroscientist that spent 11 years as a Wall Street trader during the internet bubble, actually. Gotcha. And he went on, of course, to become this great neuroscientist. And what he observed while he was getting his PhD at Columbia, he worked at Cambridge, um, was the interaction between dopamine, which is the reward neurotransmitter we yep. have, and testosterone. Hmm. And testosterone has a way of sweetening the rush of dopamine. And it makes us as men overvalue immediate reward at the cost of long-term consequences. It's the reason why people like Bill Clinton, Elliot Spitzer, Anthony Weiner, who on paper couldn't seem to be smarter, right? But when it came to issues of sex or money, they seem like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right, right. right. And it is something that invades all of us, particularly the more testosterone we have, the more it causes problems. And he observed Wall Street traders that are famously jacked up on testosterone, like they do steroids and all these other things. And it's interesting too, because you're a fan of sports too, the way that um, testosterone also affects not only our musculature, but our thoughts, our feelings, our ability to track moving objects. So remember when they were having the home run uh, race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, right? Testosterone improves the ability to track moving objects. And so 
So traders, back when they had the ticker going across, the testosterone they were taking would allow them to follow the numbers faster <laughs> and more accurately, <laughs> right? And so this really? was something that, yeah, it was, it was something that he observed. And so this is why these guys were, were getting all juiced up and stuff. And you look at, when you look at these traders, they all look like little like steroid monsters and stuff. And now they <laughs> talk about testosterone replacement therapy and those things. But um, it, we've known about this problem uh, amongst men for almost as long as civilization has been here. For example, in the book, he talks about how um, the Roman Senate knew the danger of letting uh, a man believe that they could do anything, right? So when a Roman general would return from abroad from a successful campaign, they would always give the general a parade around the Colosseum, right? Mm -hmm. But the senator would always place a slave on the chariot with the general to whisper in his ear, you're only a man, you can be killed. <laughs> because they knew the danger of letting a general believe that they could do anything. Wow. And sure enough, Julius Caesar, after returning from a terrible campaign, he destroyed the Roman Empire. You are deep, man. So, you are deep. Good and so that, so anyway, so that got you into day trading, right? The, well, the the idea of the way that traders operate, the way that testosterone makes makes traders look at their accounts, look at the money, think about how much money they can make, think about how much money they lost, and that kind of frantic nature that seduces us. And they've shown too where, you know, women that manage hedge hedge funds always do better than men, no matter their economic background, really, because they're not seduced by chasing the big trade. There There's a go. reason why. You know, nine out of ten compulsive gamblers are men. It's the testosterone we have in our system, huh. right? And so I always think it's funny when I meet women that are, are gamblers because they're so unusual and they're, and they're very masculine too in their, <laughs> in their nature and how they relate to other people. <laughs> so yeah, so that was something I was, you know, a psych major at University of Texas at Austin. So you know, for me, I always like um, finding out what other people are thinking about, right? What other traders are thinking about, what they think is interesting, what they think yeah. is hot. Which is why Tesla is so interesting. Right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they're not. They're certainly not producing more cars than all the other car manufacturers combined, and yeah. yet their worth is, yeah. is up there. So, yeah, Bart Slack has mentioned that a few times, right? You know, so yeah, the bottom will fall out eventually. What Elon Musk is hoping for is this thing like, um, I don't know if you read uh, the uh, Bad Blood. It's the story of Theranos, the Theranos debacle. Uh -huh. Are you familiar with that? No, but you're uh, deep. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, it was a woman. Her name was Elizabeth Holmes, and she started a a uh, company that was called Theranos that was supposed to develop a machine the size of a printer that was called the Edison that would be able to do 200 some blood tests on a single droplet of blood. Okay. Now when she came up with this idea, it was fancy, right? No such technology existed, but what she thought she could do was get enough investor money that, and then burn through that. And over a period of maybe five to however many years, that she would eventually be able to come up with this device. But mind you, she only had a semester at Stanford. She legitimate was not capable of developing this kind of machine, but she hired people, but she just tried to fake it until she made it, right? Tesla's in that same moment where they're trying to fake it until they make it. They're trying to take this investor money, build as many places as they can, get as many drivetrains together as they can, and then just hopefully it'll catch up to where their stock price is now. We don't know if they'll be able to get there or not, right? Now, now you just said something that's very interesting to me because you just made a comment, the same comment that Bart has made, Bart Slack, uh, Jeff Tanchek, my, uh, Carl Cure, my buddies I play pickleball with. You just you said uh, you, you had all these uh, nice compliments about Tesla. You said, but the bottom is going to drop out. What do you mean why, and why? Meaning that they, they're, and even Elon Musk said this, that their stock price is overvalued. And what he was saying is that they're overvalued right now. Right now, 
that's not an accurate reflection of the value of this company. Gotcha. Right? It's, a, it's speculation. It's a bubble that's been created. And it's not Elon Musk's fault this right. happened, right? right? This happened because of young people and speculators and people wanting this thing to win. Same thing with- Me. Um, well, well, yeah. Well, same thing with Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos is that people wanted her to win. They wanted- This was the first tech company ever founded by a woman that was worth- that was a unicorn that was worth over a billion dollars. And at its peak of valuation, it was worth $9 billion. And she had half the share. She Ooh. had four and a half billion dollars worth in this company and she was on the cover of fortune magazine she was on the cover of glamour mm-hmm. magazine right because people wanted to believe that a woman could do this and a woman can do this it just wasn't this woman right right and right. the people that knew her knew that she was a fake they knew she was a fraud she tried to act like steve Jobs. she deepened her voice she wore mock turtlenecks talked about making a dent in the universe and she was totally crazy she was psychopathic right and she was actually putting people's lives in danger by coming up with fake blood tests Right. right. She's she got Henry Kissinger on her board. She got George Schultz on her board. She got two hundred million dollars from Rupert Murdoch, right? And then when she found out that the Wall Street Journal, the guy that wrote the book, John Carew, was a, a writer for uh, Wall Street Journal, when she found out that John Carew was investigating her company because people inside the company knew she was lying, right? Right. right. He then she then got the money from Murdoch, and then she goes, "Hey, listen, um, there's a guy at your paper, and he's um, you know, he's writing a story, and it probably wouldn't be too flattering." You should kill that story, right? Uh, and Murdoch goes, you know what? I, I trust my editor. I, I hire good people. Right. I don't know who you hire, but I hire good people. Wow. Right? So then the lawyers call in the Wall Street Journal. They call in Kararu. The lawyers for Theranos sit down with them and threaten them, right? That you can't, you can't publish this or you can't write about this. And the editors at Wall Street Journal, they didn't really know if Kararu had anything before that meeting. After that meeting, they knew they had something, right? Because right? they were mm. panicking. So then, then, um, Elizabeth Holmes goes back to Murdoch and is just, listen, you need to kill that story right now or you're going to lose your $200 million. And he was just like, wow, <laughs> no, thanks. Right. right? And right. he goes, and he that's goes, pennies to no, him. He, yeah. He goes, you know what? I'll sell the, I'll sell, I'll sell the shares back to you for a dollar. Right. Which he did. Right. And then he just wrote it off of $200 million. Tax wow. And that story got published and it destroyed Theranos. And that's- now Elizabeth Holmes is looking at doing 20 years in prison. Fraud. Wow. And so that's why Tesla is kind of like the same thing. Tesla's, Tesla's making a product. It's an exciting product. It's a well-reviewed car. Um, and it, it's something that because people love it so much, it's just getting so big. And it, it eventually either the bottom's going to collapse yeah. or the, the actual value of that company will get there. But if you think about it, right? Do you really believe that Tesla is going to be make more cars than, than all, the, all other the other car companies combined? Right. Is right. That, are we ever going to get there? Right. We do, physically, it's not possible. Not within the next five years. It's not possible. Think about Toyota, Volkswagen, Mercedes, Honda, Ford. GMC, yeah, Ford, yeah. right? Tesla's worth more than all of them combined. Wow. That's, wow. That's, it's not rational. Benjamin Tedessa here on the BST. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. And I hope you have a, uh, a, a safe and uh, fantastic holiday. Before you go, you mentioned uh, as we leave, uh, I always tell my listeners, I always tell my uh, viewers and listeners about stocks that I find interesting, attractive, and delicious. You mentioned CRISPR. Is there a couple of other ones that uh, you really like or people would uh, be interested to, to Google and look at that may be on the rise? Yeah, I would, I would definitely check out DraftKings, you know, like that. Again, when we're talking about this is a company that's making moves. They're sitting on over $500 million in cash. They have no debt. 
right? And mm. it is it's crack on your phone for people that like sports. That's right. Because there you're once once the states are allowing more sports betting, more states, you're literally gonna be able to pick up your phone, watching the Browns game, and you're gonna be able to bet on whether or not Baker makes that touchdown. You're gonna be able to bet whether or not they're gonna kick that field goal, right? Instantaneous in game betting. That is crack cocaine for people that are into that kind of stuff. Right. I don't do sports betting. Me neither. Man, I know people that do it professionally and they can't get off this stuff. I know. DraftKings has already cut a deal with the LP, uh, with the NBA. They're with the PGA. They're going to get in with the NFL. They're the premier one. So look, the stocks, I think at like last time I checked, I got in at like $19 and it's over $45 right now. I think the last Ooh. time I checked was like over 50 and I got in earlier this year. So, wow. you know, definitely look at that stock. It's a great stock. Um, I got a good tip from a guy about ARK, which is A-R-K-K, and it's an ETF, and CRISPR is actually part of that, um, and that's been doing really well. I think I've made like 20% on that in the last Ooh. two or three months. A-R-K-K, um, and yeah. that's an ETF. Yeah, it's an ETF. Yeah, because uh, uh, Jeff Tanchik uh, taught our audience and me about ETFs. You yeah, know? so that's, that's, that's been good to me, too. Um, again, like I said, I got that from a guy that's a, that's a trader at a bigger firm. That's the best um, part, uh, uh, Ben, is that I don't know everything, but like when people say, well, I don't know a guy, but I might know a guy who knows the guy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff that I have invested in, I heard from other people. I was told about Tesla when they were $800 a share. Mm -hmm. And I was one of these penny stock guys, you know, because mm -hmm. I, was, I was a virgin. I was just starting off and everything. And he said, man, I'm telling you, a buddy of mine told me about Tesla, says they're on the rise, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I said, yeah, okay. But I said, man, $800 a share. I ain't spending that. Then I went and spent, then I had most of my money in pot stocks, okay, uh, cat, uh, and, and biotech stocks, mm -hmm. which we didn't get into, but we'll, we'll do that another time. And I said to myself, $800, I ain't spending $800. But then I went and spent twenty six sixty for one share of Amazon at the time. Mm -hmm. And it quickly went up to $3,200. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, whoo, that was on one share. Yeah. So. Maybe there's a reason why these shares are worth so much money because they give you a good return. And, and of course, I saw Berkshire Hathaway at the mm -hmm. time was like three hundred thirty thousand dollars a share. And so I went in Tesla. So after he told me about it at eight hundred, within less than two weeks, it was at nine eighty three a share, mm -hmm. and I bought three shares. And the sucker went up to seventeen forty four yeah. within like a month or five weeks. Mm -hmm. And I sold, and it came back down to fourteen ninety seven. I bought four more shares. Bought four more at 16, and then went up all the way to almost $2,500 a share because they talked about the split. People started buying it like oh, crazy, just mm -hmm. like they're buying it now because of the uh, going into the S&P. And that's why I fell in love with Tesla. But I, like you said, everyone has, that is a trader or does some dabbling in the stock market told me to be careful with Tesla. Be yeah. careful because the bottom is going to drop out. Yeah, it will. And now I understand what you're saying, so yeah. I'm very careful about that. Yeah, and we, we talked about you. Tesla is the, you know, um, the most... Um, option uh stock on the market meaning that there are more put calls on tesla going to drop than any other company really yes. but it's funny of course number two is apple but <laughs> what what's happening is is that when these people are putting these put um options on tesla they're betting that the stock's going to go down and when it doesn't go down because of you know elon musk's frenzied and his you know interesting persona and so right it, it, then at the end of that contract they have to buy those shares back because when you when you're doing like for people who don't know when you're doing option trading and stuff you're you're buying the the stocks and then you're selling them immediately hoping to make a return that the stock will drop because you're buying a certain number of shares at whatever price is at the price at the time and you're essentially paying to borrow the stock and so at the end of that contract after you've sold if the price goes down 
and then, you know, it was a hundred dollars a share and it goes down to 80, then you get to keep that $20 because right. you just have to return the share to them. So what was happening with Tesla is people were buying the stock, immediately selling it. And then with the end of that window comes at the end of the option contract, they then have to produce those shares and give them back to the actual owner. So they have to buy Tesla at whatever that price is at that point. Right. And that's why they're losing their shirt. But that's also causing a funneling effect that where more and more people have to keep buying that because Tesla's not going down, right? Once it finally crashes or the bottom comes out from it, there's going to be a lot of option traders who bought at the right time, who put the right put call on there, and they're able to rake in that money. Because if there's $500 a share and all of a sudden it crashes to $200 a share, they get to keep that $300. Wow. Right? That's what people are, are, are hoping will happen soon. That's why. Wow. Good stuff, my friend. Thank you so much. Benjamin Contessa. Right here on the BST. I hope you come back again. I would okay? love to come back. Oh, There's this so is, much more I want to talk about. I know. This is fantastic. All right, everybody. Make sure that you have a great holiday. Make sure you call your loved ones. You know, there are a lot of people that you haven't talked to in a while. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Those are the time of the year where you call the loved ones that you are estranged from, whether it's your daughter, whether it's your father, your mother, your brother somebody okay that you haven't talked to in a while and you're mad at them for whatever reason this is the time to reach out to them and reconnect okay because you got to remember at the end of the day life is short you got to enjoy it you got to embrace your loved ones you got to be around family at this time of the year that's why i'm going to my brother's tomorrow i'll try to go to my brother's every chance i get now because i don't know i'm 60 years old and no and tomorrow is never promised it is never guaranteed so every morning i wake up I look out the window, I see another day, and I thank my Lord and Savior. I love you guys. Have a great holiday. I'm hoping to talk to you next Wednesday. Now, understand I'm helping the Cavaliers install uh, new software. Uh, I have to be an assistant so I can see all these installs on uh, hardware and software for the new season coming up probably by the middle of December before they start playing preseason games. So I hope I'll be here next Wednesday. But if I'm not, I'll post something on Facebook, on social media, and let you know why I'm not here. Love you once again. Thanks again to Benjamin Tedessa. Thank you for Carlita to introducing me to him. And Pickles loves him because he's been stroking and, and playing with her the whole hours, and she's still over there. Have a great holiday, everybody. Go Browns. Go Cavs. Go Indy. Go everybody. Ohio State. Love you guys. Take care. BST. I'm out for the holidays. Bye. Looking good, Billy Ray! Feeling good, Lewis! I'ma just keep getting paid. Get those brokers back in here! Turn those machines back on! Turn those machines back on! This has been a big sexy morning! I'ma just keep getting paid.